back in 1974, Allspec are one of Australia's leading aluminium system suppliers with 14 locations and nearly 600 staff across the country. Specialising in the design, testing and supply of commercial windows and doors, Allspec continue to develop innovative and advanced systems that lead the industry in terms of performance. With innovative designs, testing and supply and a service offering that is simply second to none, Allspec has become the leading partner for both systems fabricators and the architectural community alike. For more information, go to www.allspec.com.au. Welcome to Talking Architecture and Design. My name is Brent Kamalitic, and today we have our last now commercial series sponsored by Allspec. And our guest today is Luke Johnson from Architectus. Luke Johnson is a highly skilled and respected designer who has worked throughout Australia, Japan and Europe on arts, cultural, education, residential, transport, health and workplace projects, along with highly awarded completed projects such as the Macquarie University Rather Incubator. Luke is currently leading several projects for Architectus in design and construction phase. Inclusive is the University of New South Wales Health Translation Hub, the Central Station Precinct Reference Design, the Cranbrook School Centenary Renewal, the Barker College Maths and Student Hub, and Macquarie University's Clinical Education Building and Central Courtyard Precinct. Luke is also the principal in charge of the state's significant Sydney modern project, collaborating with acclaimed Japanese architect Sana on the design documentation and construction phase services. So welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, Luke Johnson. Franco, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Okay, so tell me um, what, what is now on happening at Architecture, just quickly, because you guys, you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you guys are from Tassie, is that right? Originally, yeah. uh, the, the practice uh, sprung up in Sydney, Sydney. and um, it was a collaboration of people that stretched across the East Coast and into New Zealand initially, but we're very much a national practice with studios in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth now. And of course, our cousins over in Auckland and Christchurch. Why was I thinking Tassie? Um, anyway, that's just me. So in terms of, of, of the industry, I mean, just to quickly flesh out with, you know, with what's been going on, um, how are things panning out from, from, from your perspective in, in terms of, let's call this the semi-post-pandemic period, if, if, I can, if I can, fingers crossed? Oh, look, things are going really well for us. Um, at Architectus, we're really concerned about making a better world. And we do that through the work that we do as designers. Um, so we've got decades of experience conceiving and delivering design solutions for education, commercial workplace, arts and culture, residential, transport and interior architectural environments. And while we're very committed to those sectors, and they're really core to our DNA, Branco. Um, but we are, we're seeing new ways of how we can transfer and translate our skills as built environment designers to improve the lives of people in other sectors. So, for example, the health sector, um, where we've just recently won the engagement as the lead architect for the largest health project to ever be delivered in New South Wales. And we're really excited about that. But look, for all of our projects, no matter which sector, what's now and present for architectus is really about making the world a better place, making it more inclusive, more equitable, more resilient and sustainable, more meaningful and connected. If there's something that, that I know about architects is that, is that you're all utopians, I've got to say. 
Um, yes. <laughs> um, on that point, actually, you should do a fair bit of work over at Macquarie Uni. Um, why, out of interest, uh, purely interest, like. Yeah, we've had an extraordinary run at Macquarie University. And look, it comes down to this, the very best business development that uh, any architectural practice can do is to do its work exceptionally well. And our very first completed project at Macquarie University was the incubator. And that won the Australian Institute of Architects National Education Award. Um, so that great result for architectures enabled us to be included in the university's consideration for multiple other projects. Um, many of which we were subsequently able to convert and we realised those as completed projects out there. So during the last decade, or at least um, let's say seven years, we've completed eight architectural and or interior architecture projects at that campus. And in the process, we've restored the beating heart to its central courtyard. We've transformed its teaching and learning environments. And that's been in alignment with the university's own academic needs. And we've introduced exceptional quality to student experiences on the campus, including the students who are now living on the campus in our residential building. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I know about Macquarie, and you've been there, going, I've been there a few times, you say, um, I think it's uh, one of the most brutalist universities that I've, um, that I've actually seen. I mean, I, I assume there are other ones in other states, but certainly in New South Wales, it, it's quite a, a brutalist structure, is it not? Look, the campus has a legacy of brutalist buildings. Um, that is absolutely the case. And they have their merits and they're very clear and um, crisp diagrams of architecture. Um, but in some areas, um, they're not meeting the expectations of the university and its needs for, the, for this century. And, you know, there are lots of evolving um, academic requirements and teaching and learning conditions that those buildings simply don't provide. So there's a process of renewal at the campus to restore those buildings uh, in some areas and in some locations to replace um, the least uh, functional of those brutalist buildings. They're 50 years old now, so they're all coming up for uh, either renewal or replacement. Wow, you just made me feel old, Luke. Um, on that point, education overall is actually a real winner for you guys, isn't it? I mean, from what I can notice about, uh, with all your projects. So. And you, on that point, you are the architects for the University of New South Wales Health Translation Hub. So can you tell me a bit, a bit more about that project? Oh, absolutely. Um, look, tertiary education prepares students for the working world. And what we're seeing at Architectus is that there's a crossover between university and industry, and this is becoming increasingly important. So at the UNSW Health Translation Hub, that's a blended environment that will bring together three components, education, research, and clinical health from industry into one dynamic ecosystem. So contained within a new 35,000 square meter facility, so it's pretty big, and it's on a prominent site in Randwick, the health translation hub is going to become a beacon for this rapid translation of education and research into the delivery of vital clinical services for all of our communities. And the design of the facility has been very considerate of its placemaking potential, and the need for buildings to be flexible, robust and adaptable to change over time. So this designed in resilience is just one element of a very sustainable approach to the architectural design. And the education sector itself is very conscious of its impacts upon society and environment. So it's great to be once again working with a university client on realising their far reaching vision. Okay, so let's talk globally. I mean, I look at a lot of 
other publications and the other, you know, they, they design and they show designs of, you know, educational facilities that a lot of time do not, aren't really close to how we design them here. Do you think from a global perspective, and obviously from your perspective with all your experience, do you, that we design education facilities well here or, or when, when I say well, I mean to, to the best that we can um, or do you think that we need to perhaps make change in how we approach to this part of the actual, you know, the, the, the built environment? I think it's always good to be humble, but look, from a global perspective, um, I think architects in Australia, many of them, are absolutely world leaders for designing education facilities. But teaching and learning pedagogies, they're in a constant state of necessary evolution. So along with changes brought on by technology, and we're all aware of how they've um, permeated our lives, and these outlier events, such as pandemics that we're in at the moment, it's really vital that designers are at the leading edge of thought leadership in this space. So at Architectus, we're constantly monitoring, we're discussing, and we're forecasting the influences the influences that will enable us to shape the spaces and places that will facilitate the very best outcomes. So look, we think we're at the leading edge um, and we travel a lot, we read a lot, we're in contact with what's happening around the world. And I can see some great opportunities for Australian architects overseas um, where really education facilities are 30 years behind us. If they would only let us out of the country, Luke. Um, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about um, your win at the last year's um, Sustainability Awards, which was November 11 last year. Um, tell me more why you think um, we awarded the Ainsworth Building well, thanks, Branko. Firstly, let me say that our clients, our design team of architects and engineers and the projects builders, we're all very happy to receive this award. So thank you for selecting the Ainsworth building and thank you to Alspec for sponsoring that category as well. Um, look, from the outside, I can only assume that the jury must have assessed that we had conceived and realised a highly integrated approach to sustainability for the project. Um, and despite the building being very obviously expressive of its carbon capturing mass timber structure, I think that the jury probably also recognised that it has great inherent resilience with a generous floor to floor height that will enable much flexibility and potential adaptability with its future programming. The, um, as an example, the uppermost level of that building was constructed without any brief really, didn't have a defined accommodation brief. So the specific use of that level will be defined later in its life. It's actually cold shelled at the moment. Um, and that building has a lot of operational sustainability designed into its mechanical systems, has an operable facade component, and these combined will deliver really pleasant internal environmental conditions, and they'll have modest operating costs. But I think one other element that contributes greatly to sustainability is building lifespan. And if a building like the Ainsworth building can be delivered with inherent functionality and beauty, then it is much more likely to have an enduring worth to its client. And this means that the client can defer future replacement costs on both their capital expenditure and on their natural environment. So we say build well and build less often. And that's perhaps the most sustainable approach possible. One of my favourite quotes from your entry, and, I, and it actually... I'll read it out. Um, the only thing is, though, that, um, you know, it, it's a bit of anarchy speak, as they call it, but I, I want to kind of, if you could break it down for me, because... Go ahead. 
there's a bit of it, there's a bit of it that I'm, I understand a bit of it I don't understand. So, okay. So here we go. Timber adorns the internal spaces to create a cohesive and authentic language. The biophilic palette provides a tangible connection with nature and invokes a sense of wellness among occupants. W-shaped hardwood columns at the entrance are a defining feature that transfers vertical load to the ground. The high-performance glass skin reveals the precise geometry of the timber structural skeleton and draws optimal daylight into the interiors. At night, Ainsworth glows like a lantern, radiating the natural comfort within. Okay, it is very hockey speak, and that's fine. Isn't it? But uh, look, there's a couple of things that I'm, I'm, and if you could sort of explain to me. Yes. The timber part, I guess I, I understand the sustainable um, angle on that, but there are parts that you talk about glass, which totally mm. blows my mind because I actually thought almost, yeah, it's almost kind of the opposite with terms of heat and whatnot. Mm. But can you actually explain how all that sort of interplays and how it, what it all actually means for let's say a functioning what is in the, in the end let's, let's face it it's a commercial building whether it's education or whether it's you know it doesn't matter it's a commercial building right um how does it all how does it all help with sustainability okay well look thanks for reading out that quote i should point out i didn't actually author that one that was someone else in our team Very poetic. But it's fine. It's i'll have a i'll have a crack at breaking it down a bit and i think what i want to say is that beyond the functional qualities of any building, which are of course absolutely critical to its performance and effectiveness, are the architectural qualities. So things like daylight, fresh air, transparency, and natural tactility, and that is um, the ability to feel and see and smell even timber in this example, they're all experiential qualities and they impact on sustainability as well as affecting our collective well-being. So the current cohort of medical students in the Ainsworth building, um, they will before too long be the clinical practitioners performing life-saving and life-improving procedures and services. So this, that this building makes them feel good through lots of light through the facade and the timber that they're um, uh, brushing against and looking at and even smelling, in fact, has been some of the feedback. That's actually a good thing. And that the building glows like a lantern at night is symbolic of the optimism and hope that this facility holds for a healthy society. So those are the architectural aspects that, that I suppose um, contribute an additional level of meaning, of uh, registration, of understanding of what a building is to do beyond its functional uh, requirements. bit because that always 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 blows my mind i mean it's like you know the fact that people are designing and building this wood it's almost like we've gone back um to something that we already knew and then forgot and now we remembered again so it kind of i mean i i love wood so it's it's it is interesting but you have used a lot of wood in this project in fact you all or said unknown person wrote, mass timber accounts for 95% by weight of the timber used in Ainsworth building. Although mostly sourced from Europe, the ecological impact remains low due to the contribution of clean energy towards producing the mass timbers in Austria. 100% of the mass timber used in the Ainsworth buildings is programmed for the endorsement of forest certified, which is PE, PE, 
FC rather. So, have you used any other materials? I mean, we obviously have, but in, in terms of and that amount, I guess, what by weight, I assume. Um, and if so, uh, what were the next three building materials that you use, and and, and where did you um, use them in this project? Sure, and perhaps this will answer one of your previous questions as well, Branko. Um, the project has a lot of high-performance glass in its facade, and that's in the form of floor-to-ceiling double-glazed panels. They're very um, visible from the exterior. And that high-performance glass skin permits a lot of natural light to illuminate the interior spaces, but it doesn't have a correspondingly large solar load on the building. So it was very important to our client that the building allow its occupants to feel visually connected with their campus, but also for the building's functions to be visible by the passing campus community looking in. So the glass skin as one of those other materials has enabled these requirements of our client to be fulfilled. A second material of note, um, though it's going to be invisible to all of the building users, um, are these aluminium brackets that are connecting the glue laminated timber columns and the beams together. Now they're a really neat recessed connection detail and they allow the whole project to come together extremely rapidly on site. So they facilitate the building being assembled in, a, in essence, but they are completely invisible. And to round out your the answers to your question, the third uh, significant material used in this project is the hardwood that forms the glue laminated W columns. So as distinct from imported European spruce, which is used only on the interior spaces. Mm -hmm. These hardwood columns are made from local Victorian ash right. and they form a striking external expression of the structural forces as they come down to meet the ground. Mm -hmm. Which actually gets me thinking, um, your designs are almost the antithesis of, of brutalism. You know, there's, there's a gracefulness of your design. And by the way, everyone who knows me knows that what I think of brutalism, okay? And when you've when you grew up in a socialist country, um, brutalism is not something that you really want to see ever again. But fine, each to their own. But I was going to say that your designs are almost the exact antithesis. You know, there's a gracefulness in, in how you design as opposed to what brutalism is. Certainly not graceful. Um, is this like a conscious um, move by, let's say, Macquarie Uni to, to, to move away from its original design? Or is this something that you guys have just... With, with your style have basically for want of a better word imposed on the uni itself how is that how is that happening i think i have to provide a very diplomatic answer there to speak on behalf of the university but they have expressed their desire to bring a, another level of humanity to the campus um, there are advocates for brutalism and there are those who see it as being um, a diminished expression of the built environment um, so yes, the university wishes to move into a new area era that is uh, more humane in terms of their building materials and building expressions. Uh, from our point of view, um, there's lots of merit around using timber in terms of its sustainability attributes, in terms of the programmatic savings that can be um, brought to a project. It's quicker to install once the material is procured and fabricated. And, um, in the example of the Ainsworth building, it was extremely advantageous because our site was adjacent to a live hospital environment with surgical operating theatres only six metres away from our building envelope. So having a construction and structural um, installation methodology 
that reduced noise and vibration uh, was really critical. And we used, or at least the builder, mounted a series of vibration monitors on the adjacent hospital building and the recording of all of the movements across the construction program showed it was extremely quiet, well below the benchmarks of a conventional steel reinforced concrete building, and therefore fulfilled its um, purpose of ensuring that there was minimal disruption to the live campus environment. So there were good use, reasons for using timber beyond its aesthetic or humanistic or biophilic qualities, and it was the right material for this project. I guess you don't want those surgeons, uh, you know, being disturbed with those sharp scalpels, do you? Not at all. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, I mentioned earlier that um, that you know, it, you know, for for intents and all intents and purposes, it really is a commercial building. Okay, it's, I know it's education, but it's used for what is essentially a, a commercial purpose. So, do you think that we can design and build a lot more sustainably? You know, and, and, and if so, when do you think this will become the rule and not the exception for our commercial sector? Because, you know, it's probably, it's, it's a large part of the, it's a large part of the, the, the built environment. It's an important part of the built environment. And despite what people say, you know, the office is not dead. Um, you know, maybe people like you and I can, you know, can work from home every now and then. But I mean, it, it, you know, it, it won't, it won't become the norm. 100% of the time. So do you think we can build a lot more sustainably and through your, through your experience? And how? Yes, well, look, we can and we must design and build more sustainably. Um, this necessity to do so now, it's, it's right upon us, of course. And look, there are public and private sector commitments uh, to carbon neutrality, and they're making this increasingly mandatory for designers. Um, but look, our consciousness demands it. And whether it's um, a commercial sector building or not, all building works are to some extent detrimental to the environment in that energy is used and carbon is generated in their material fabrication, in the transportation, and ultimately in their construction. So specifying low energy embodied materials and carbon sequestering materials, it reduces, but it doesn't prevent the damage that is incurred along that journey um, to realizing a building. And that damage is, of course, to the environment. So we can offset through complementary activities like planting trees, and they can have a neutralizing impact on the environmental damage to some extent. But I think we all need to get by with less materials. So dematerializing projects as best we can. And increasingly, our clients um, need to make the decision to recycle existing building structures through repurposing rather than complete demolition, sending it all to the tip and bringing in a completely brand new structure and um, material clad and fitted out solution. So I think a lot of this is being done successfully in mature economies and mature cultures. And, you know, Europe, um, we're seeing some exceptionally repurposed buildings. Australia still retains a bit of the new frontier uh, attitude, I think, and perhaps we're less constrained in many regards with uh, more available land to develop. And we have perhaps been uh, able as a culture to be um, less careful with how we use and reuse materials. And I think that really has to change for every sector, including 
the commercial sector that you were asking about. Mm, I agree. Um, I've got to say that the, I'm sure you've seen some of the designs in Barangaroo, which is kind of interesting. I mean, there, were, there was a few good designs there. And um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, we, we have to, and, and I think we are going in, in that right direction. But you're also right, we are really, sometimes Australia can be the Wild West. Um, so in terms of Architectus as a company, as a practice, um, what is next? I mean, and I'm only going to ask you for this year because as we've seen, forward predictions too far can be totally, totally wrong. And, you know, so I won't go too far, but what is next for, for Architectus? Oh, if only I knew, Branko. Um, who knows? I suppose it's pretty simple for us. Look, it's just a continued focus on our clients' needs. And in parallel with that, it's all about improving the world through our services as designers of the built environment. Really, that's where we can um, both educate uh, to our clients, many of whom are extremely educated, so it's not all of them, but some of them um, we can help to find ways that will reduce the impacts of addressing all of the things they need to do with their projects, which are multi-layered and um, really rich. But one of the things together we all need to do, of course, is to reduce our impact on the built environment. And so with projects like the, um, the Ainsworth building, um, it's really wonderful that it got recognised through an award and was given a sustainability award in the education category. Um, we want to do more projects like that for our clients that give them all of the functional and operational attributes that they need that fulfil their visions, but in doing so, uh, minimise the impacts on this planet that we all share together. And lastly, Luke, there's a question I ask everyone, and I've, I always, every architect, I mean, not everyone, but every architect, and I always get one or two answers. So um, if Luke Johnson wasn't an architect, what would he be doing? Oh, my gosh, so many things. <laughs> At the moment, I'd be a carpenter um, because I'm really loving making things with wood. Um, I'd also like to be a marine biologist um, I'd like to go sailing endlessly over the horizon. Yeah, there's quite a few things I'd like to be doing. But look, I'm very fortunate to be an architect and it's a really rich and rewarding experience as a professional. And it, it introduces um, the architect to so many different worlds. We, every time we start a new project, we go into the world of that client. Um, so recently I've been in the world of art galleries, in the world of um, herbaria, at universities. I've been on a ski resort in Japan doing a ski resort up there. It's really uh, magnificent how it has all of these different chapters that open up and draw you in and you give it everything you've got. The building or project is completed and then you, with some good fortune, have another one to move on to. I've got to say, Luke, you've uh, you've you, you've kept you've kept my batting average up because you've actually answered in one of the one of the two ways that every architect has answered. Um, thank you very much for your time, Luke Johnson from Architectus. Thanks so much, Branko, and to your audience. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design, and this, by the way, has been our one hundredth episode, brought to you by Alspec. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, goodbye.
Established way back in 1974, Allspec are one of Australia's leading aluminium system suppliers with 14 locations and nearly 600 staff across the country. Specialising in the design, testing and supply of commercial windows and doors, Allspec continue to develop innovative and advanced systems that lead the industry in terms of performance. With innovative designs, testing and supply and a service offering that is simply second to none, Allspec has become the leading partner for both systems fabricators and the architectural community alike. For more information, go to www.allspec.com.au. I'm Brent Kermelitic and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine.